Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. What's up, everybody? You know who this is. It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and welcome to the 11th installment of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the only independent outlet dedicated to covering high school hockey in our region. Let me jump right into the opening face-off by saying I had an amazing time in Buffalo at States. You could not have scripted a better weekend as I got to meet some tremendous hockey people, including coaches from all across New York State. Places like Gates Chilai, Ithaca, Messina, Niagara Falls, Niagara Wheatfield, Pittsford, Salmon River, Spencerport, Victor, and Webster Thomas. Many of the coaches already follow me, and some had even heard the show. I had a chance to speak with all the top execs from the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and Section 6, who both worked tirelessly behind the scenes before and after the games to ensure that the premier high school hockey tournament of the season went off without a hitch. I also got to interact and work side-by-side with many of the local sports reporters from Western New York, including Melissa Brody, who I affectionately refer to as the Queen of Federation Hockey. She is the driving force behind Icing the Fed, and it was great to see her in action. I also got to hang with Frank Wolf, who operates WNY Athletics from the 300 level and hosts Section 6 Federation Hockey Weekly. And lastly, I chatted with John Moriello, president of the New York State Sports Writers Association, or the NYSSWA. John is the definitive voice when it comes to high school sports coverage in New York State. And from my vantage point, armed with media credentials, I was able to provide live in-game updates, videos, and post-game interviews with both players and coaches at ice level and from within the locker room as well. Material from this past weekend can be found on my Twitter page, on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. As promised, the Rangers onesie made an appearance at the Harbor Center during the semifinals, and hands down, the best sports bar on the planet has to be 716. They have great food, excellent service, and you cannot believe the 40-foot high-definition screen above the bar. You just have to see it for yourself. Before going any further, I need to take a moment and congratulate Ed Witts, his coaching staff, and the Pelham Pelicans players on a job well done. Mission accomplished. You are the 2017 New York State Division II champions and won in a truly dominating fashion, outscoring your opponents 13-1 to while only allowing 21 shots on goal through six periods of hockey. Being able to celebrate that championship with you was a picture-perfect ending to an amazing weekend. It's also the perfect segue into this week's topic. Now that the high school hockey season has officially come to an end in New York State, I wanted to know what senior hockey players from across the Hudson Valley have in mind as far as playing after graduation is concerned. Later on during the dump and chase, I'll read select responses from players about their post-high school hockey plans. And during the In the Box segment, I chatted with Kevin Schroeder, 
who is a freshman at Fordham University, and Matthew Schuster, head coach of St. Thomas Aquinas' hockey team. We spoke about making the jump from high school to college hockey. This is definitely a topic of significant importance to me, and I plan on returning to it on future shows. Let's take a short break, and we'll be right back after this. This is Ben Hurd, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. Now it's time for Around the Rinks. As I mentioned on last week's show, I was really looking forward to seeing both Mamaroneck and Pelham play on arguably the biggest stage for high school hockey up in Buffalo. As I expected, the games were definitely worth the price of admission. Here's a quick recap of the weekend's action involving teams from Section 1. On Saturday, March 11th, Pelham faced off against Brockport in the state semifinals and beat them convincingly 6 to nothing. On Saturday, March 11th, Mamaroneck fell to the eventual 2017 New York State Division I champion Williamsville North in the state semifinals. It was a very tight game, and the Tigers lost by a final score of 1 to nothing. On Sunday, March 12th, in the state finals, Pelham defeated St. Lawrence in dominating fashion, 7 to 1, to capture the 2017 New York State Division II championship while only allowing seven shots on goal through three periods. You're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the number one destination for high school hockey talk, and we'll be right back after this. Now it's time for the dump and chase. Last week, I contacted a few senior hockey players from across the Hudson Valley to ask about their post-high school hockey-related plans, and here's what they had to say. Mike Spano said, I'm still deciding on what I will do, but I do have a couple of club hockey offers with Maryland being my biggest. Kenny Hoppy said, I'm actually playing baseball in college. Gehrig Hauser said, I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm either going to go to prep school next year in Massachusetts or I'm going to college. Interestingly enough, Gehrig is also going to pursue baseball after high school, but does also plan to play hockey as well. Michael Galgano said, I was thinking about playing club in college. Whether it's D2 or D3 yet, I don't know. Ryan Fugue said, For me, I'm leaning towards going up to Binghamton to play for the junior senators. Ultimately, the goal is to play at a high college level, but to reach that, I am pretty much required to take at least one year playing junior hockey. Jackson Schultz said, Well, at Cornell, I plan on trying out for the club team, and if that doesn't work out, I'll try and play for a fraternity. I definitely don't want to give up hockey. Daniel Dorney said, I'm going to try and play club hockey at Oswego or U18 up there. Tim Cavanaugh said, I am still not sure what college I am going to, but I know I'm planning on continuing my hockey career. Like a lot of other high school hockey players, I am looking to play at the club level. 
Many club teams around the country are extremely competitive and also allow athletes to put more of a focus on school than sports, which is exactly what I'm looking for. Jacob Greenberg said, Honestly, I'm going to play club, intramural, or pickup games. Jake Sheckman said, I'm planning to study education at SUNY Cortland, and due to the amount of hours I'll be student teaching, I can't play club hockey. Cortland has Division I and Division III roller hockey teams, and their coach has a spot for me to play. Both of their roller teams made nationals, which is pretty exciting. Sean Greenberg said, playing club hockey. As someone who has dedicated his career to working with young people, I was very pleased to see that all the players I spoke with were planning to further their education after high school. Up next, we're going to hear from Kevin Schroeder, a freshman at Fordham University, and Matthew Schuster, head coach of St. Thomas Aquinas' hockey team. This is Natty Hines, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. What's up, everybody? You know who this is. It's your boy, Trav, and I'm pleased to be joined by Kevin Schroeder, who is a freshman at Fordham University. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for calling in today. How's it going? Good, good. Thank you for having me today. My pleasure, my pleasure. So, Kevin, um, at what age did you start playing hockey? I actually started playing at the age of five. I, uh, I originally hated skating before that, and then my mom and dad put the skates back on and uh, made me try it again, and now I love it. Okay, cool. Um, what teams What teams or what programs did you play for while you were growing up? So growing up, I played for a couple teams. I put, started uh, with Bear Mountain Bears. We played out of West Point, which was really nice. I went to uh, the Rambo Saints out of Sporama, and then back to the Bears to finish my uh, travel hockey career. Okay, did you play Did you play high school at all, too? I did. I did play high school hockey at Don Bosco Prep in Ramsey, New Jersey. Okay, very good, very good. You and I actually met at the uh, Winter Classic between North Rockland and Monroe Woodbury. I want to say Dan, Dan Rajashi introduced us, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yes, he did introduce us. I was there because my sister, Mackenzie Schroeder, plays for uh, the Mother Woodbury High School team. Oh, awesome, awesome. Um, what's the biggest difference, in your opinion, Kevin, what's the biggest difference between playing college hockey and playing high school hockey? I have to say the biggest difference is by far the speed and size of all the players from every team. Okay, all right. It's a lot, it's a lot a lot more physical and a lot faster than high school. Okay. And and that says something coming from you, you know, especially since you played for Don Bosco. So obviously that's an elite level of hockey as it is. Um, yes. All right. So I'm going to, this next question, um, did you feel like, you, did you, did you feel like you were well prepared to make the jump to uh, college I hockey? I did feel like I was well prepared because skating with a lot of guys in the summer and I played with them who were eventually on my Fordham team and also playing at Don Bosco Prep which really helped and uh, I mean I was able to use my strength and size which was really nice and the college level coming from the high school it just really all helped coming together nice nice hey who who are some of the people that made the biggest impact on your life hockey wise I mean first of all obviously my family my family made a big impact. My grandpa played, my dad played, my sister plays, my brother plays, 
we all played, which was a real good impact when they pushed me. Coaching-wise, I'd have to give it to Charlie Meitner, who coached me for three of my years at Bosco and two of my years at the Ramapo Saints. He really saw something in me that other coaches might not have seen, and it really pushed me and made me want to strive for and achieve such a great goal of going forward and playing. Awesome, awesome. Hey, do you have a specific pregame meal? Hmm, pregame meal. To be honest, not really. Our team kind of just gets together, whatever the chef's cooking up, we eat. Okay. All right. What about a routine as far as taping your sticks or putting on your equipment in a specific order? Is there anything that you do prior to hitting the ice? I'm a very superstitious person, so I have to do everything the way it was. If it's working, it stays that way. So usually I get in the locker room, I crack some jokes with uh, my teammate, Zachary Brenner and Nick Adowski. And, uh, together we all go for a quick jog, little stretch back and forth. We uh, keep up the soccer ball, I'll kick it back and forth. And then that's when I throw my headphones on. I start playing Rolling Stones, Give Me Shelter, Start Me Up. And uh, when I put on my gear, I always have to put my right skate on before my left, my right glove before my left glove. The tape is a certain way. It's, I always have a yellow piece of tape that I put on every before every game on the top of my stick. It's very superstitious. Hey, listen, everybody has their, you know, like you said before, if it's working, why, you know, why mess with what's working? Hey, uh, who would you say is your biggest rival? Um at the college level? At the college level, I'd say our biggest rival was Ramapo College. Okay. They gave us a real good matchup this year, both in the regular season. We didn't, unfortunately didn't see them in the playoffs, but it was a real good matchup all around. Nice. Hey, um, toughest, toughest rink to play in? Toughest rink to play in in my whole life, I'd have to say Jersey City, where the Jersey City Capitals play. Okay. There were some... Some mornings we went there because it's outdoors and the fog you couldn't see from the blue line to the goal line. <laughs> it was tough. Yeah, that is that is that can be challenging. Hey, uh, do you have an embarrassing on ice moment that you can share with us, Kevin? Embarrassing on ice moment uh, might have had when for Halloween my hair was dyed a color and it came out on my jersey. So my jersey, there was a white jersey I was wearing, became a different color throughout as the game progressed. <laughs> that that is that's that's pretty funny. Hey, um, what's one thing you absolutely need to bring with you on a road trip? One thing I absolutely need to bring on a road trip is my movie case. I love movies. I'm the movie guy at the team, so I gotta bring a big case of movies for all of us in the hotel room, the bus rides, anything. All right, I'm assuming Slapshot is part of the uh, part of the um, routine there with the movies. Yes. Slapshot, Goon, Miracle, all three of those big, big uh, keepers at the tournament. Hey, what about Youngblood? You got Youngblood in there too? Youngblood's a great movie with Rob Lowe. We love that one. All right, nice. I love the hockey theme. Hey, um, when the college hockey season ends for you, how do you keep your skills sharp? What do you do? A lot of running in the summer, a lot of uh, going to the gym, stuff like that. My mom and Anna are big runners, so they keep me going. Uh, you always, I try to stay on the ice as much as I can doing stuff in the summer, whether it's sticks and bucks to playing on a team. Okay. Shooting in the driveway also helps. And I mean, having a brother and sister that also play, they kind of keep your skills intact. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I believe you're down in our nation's capital. I know it's your spring break from school. Uh, in addition to touring the White House, which is awesome. Um, I think you said you're down there uh, watching your brother play. What does he do? 
Yes, my brother's a goalie for the North Rockland Raiders. Okay, nice. They they played the championship yesterday. Unfortunately, lost, but it was really nice for the whole team to come together. And I miss playing at that young age with such a camaraderie with the team. And it's just nice to see how they get older and they stay together. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, uh, do you have a favorite sport to play besides hockey? Well, I used to play lacrosse, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite sport. Besides that, I like playing football with a couple of guys from school. Okay. A couple of buddies from school, and my little brother is always fun in the yard. Yeah, there's definitely a hockey, uh, big hockey lacrosse connection. So, but uh, you know, obviously, hockey is is your sport. Hey, who's your favorite professional hockey player, past or present? My favorite professional hockey player has always been since the day I started with Jarmir Yager. Okay. Hey, I met Yager. That's a good choice. I met Yager in 1995 in Pittsburgh. Uh, my buddies and I drove out to Pittsburgh for a Ranger-Penguin game. It was like probably one of the worst drives ever because this is really before the cell, the cell phones and like your DVD player, you know, portable stuff. Um, but we went out yeah. there. Rangers got smoked, uh, no surprise. And afterwards, we went to this nightclub down by the old Three River Stadium. And Peter, Peter Nedved and Yarmir Yager were in the VIP. So I walked up to him and I, I shook his hand and uh, told him how amazing it was to, to meet him and watch him play. He was they were just coming off those two Stanley Cups, so a little bit a yeah, co- little, little bit cocky, you know, a little bit arrogant, but certainly that that's you know I don't fault the guy for that. He was a young kid back then, and the fact that he's still playing, you know, is just a testament to you know his skill yeah. level, his fitness level, his commitment to the game. I honestly think Kevin, one of the biggest mistakes the Rangers ever made was not re-signing him and letting him go off to Russia. Um, you know, because he brought us back to, I think he brought us back to respectability. Um, so, last question for you before I let you go: favorite professional hockey team? Oh, has to be the New York Rangers. New York Rangers. Growing up, I wear a New York Rangers necklace when I play every every day. I wear it. I love it. New York Rangers are by far my favorite team. There you go. I love that answer. So, again, I'll let you go because you've got a busy day ahead of you, including uh, touring uh, the White House, which is awesome. Uh, enjoy that take take that all in um so again this is the hudson valley hockey podcast uh that was freshman center for the for fordham university his name is kevin schroeder he spent some time with me in the box and again this is your boy trav and you're listening to the hudson valley hockey podcast What's up, everybody? You know who this is. It's your boy, Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major. And I'm here with uh, Matt Schuster, head coach for St. Thomas Aquinas uh, ice hockey team. And uh, we're going to spend some time in the box. We're going to talk about a number of different topics, making the transition from high school to college hockey. We're going to talk a little bit about Section 1 as well. Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Trav. All right. Um, So give us your resume. How long have you been coaching hockey? Uh, I've been coaching for about 20 years. Uh, I began coaching with North Rockland at the youth hockey level at Sportorama uh, about 20 years ago. I was a 23-year-old kid. 
a couple of years after graduating from college. I actually went to Albany, which I believe is your... That's my alma mater, too. When, <laughs> so, were, you, when were you there? I graduated in 95. Okay, I was there 89 to 93. Yep. All right, so we were there. So I got home from school, yep. and uh, I, I started helping out with the youth hockey in North Rockland, and uh, that, that youth hockey association grew and, and became more of a travel program, as you know. So around about 2005, I moved up to the varsity. Um, started out as a volunteer assistant, in 2009, I stepped into the role as the primary assistant, um, working mostly with the defensemen. And then uh, about two years ago, in the spring of 2015, I agreed to take the job as the head coach at Stack. And uh, so I officially stepped down from my my coaching role with North Rockland after the 15-16 season, which was a hard thing to do. Um, but uh, you can't be in two places at the same time. Sure, so, absolutely. So it's tricky. Um, and I've also been playing the game for over 30 years. Uh, I actually also spent about five or six years working as an official, hmm. uh, refing games from the might level all the way up to juniors, uh, U18, U21. So you've got <clears throat> multiple perspectives that you can offer on the game, which is great. Absolutely. Great. And once a Red Raider, always a Red Raider. That's like right. You me earlier. <laughs> all right, so... Tell us everything that we need to know about St. Thomas Aquinas's ice hockey program. Okay. Well, I, I figured I could start with college hockey because when you say those two words, college hockey, it, 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 people hear that, that all kinds of images go into their mind. And, um, you know, I like to use a, a, an analogy. If you remember the movie My Cousin Vinny, I'm sure you know it. Very well. I do. Uh, it's, the, you know, two, the two Utes. Exactly. So there's a scene very early on in the movie where uh, he's at this southern town and he's and they're sitting down. It's uh, it's Joe Pesci and, and Marissa Tomei and they're looking at the menu and they're going to have breakfast. And, you know, there's three choices on there. It's breakfast, lunch and dinner. And he turns to her and he says, well, what do you think? I guess we're having breakfast. You know, I think a lot of times people think of college hockey. They think it's limited but, you know, the reality, if you were going to use a menu uh, analogy, I would use the Cheesecake Factory m- menu. Have you ever? Yes. The che- I have it. I love the Cheesecake Factory. The food is great. But the menu is so expansive. It's like a book. Right. You start at one end and you're like, ooh, that looks good. And then five pages later, that looks good. Exactly. And seven pages later, that looks really good. Exactly. It's almost like the menu at um, that place in Pearl River, too. The saloon. The saloon. The saloon's yeah. menu is very, very similar. Yeah. So, so it, it's like a college textbook, you know. So that that that's really the more accurate of what college hockey is like. It's more like the Cheesecake Factory okay. menu. So I like that analogy. Yeah. So you, you really you have the NCAA, which most people know of. You have Division One and Division Three. Uh, there is junior college, but it's about to go away. JUCO is about to fold up, and uh, there's you know virtually no Division Two. Uh, there's a handful of schools, but not really. So you have the NCAA, and then you have the ACHA, which is also known as club hockey. And you have in the ACHA, you have Division One, Division Two, and Division Three. And um, you know, there's many, many club programs around the country. Uh, club hockey players pay a fee to play, and a typical club season is anywhere from 20 to 30 games. So that's a little bit of the landscape. And then, so you get to stack uh, St. Thomas Aquinas College. Uh, Stack has is a D three club program. Okay. Uh, the college itself is located in Rockland County. It's about fifteen miles north of New York City. Um, it's not far from Pearl River, Nyack, um, Clarkstown. So, the college offers over a hundred majors, uh, minors, and other programs. And uh, some of the most popular majors are criminal justice. Um, you have education. A lot of teachers go to Stack. You have um, sports management is a big one among the athletes. 
I could see that. As a matter of fact, you know what I do as a school counselor in Suffern. I've I've brought I've brought my students to St. Thomas Aquinas, and and I was amazed at the services that are available, the student to teacher ratio, the sports program, the location. So you know, definitely, um, you know, that's another reason why I wanted to have you on because Stack is such a phenomenal you know, college right here in our, in the Hudson Valley that, you know, a lot of students should certainly consider. So absolutely. And I think it's important to talk about the education part first. And I think we'll get into that a little bit more later. Sure. Uh, regarding the hockey program, uh, they, they actually started the club program in 2000. And uh, like a lot of schools I've learned in, in college, uh, they, they go through their ups and downs and, and, um, you know, they have uh, some highs in terms of recruiting numbers and then some years where it's low and, so they're, but they have built a pretty strong alumni base. But uh, two years ago, I took the job after one of those down periods, and at our first meeting, there was exactly three. This was two years ago to the to the month. Uh, there was three kids that showed up to the meeting, so I was basically starting from scratch. Um, I hired an assistant coach, uh, a guy by the name of Craig Meany. Craig was an all county all section player from North Rockland. Uh, he's a great guy. He played Division One club at Buffalo, okay. which is where you just came back from. Yep, the, yep. The Had a great time up there. Yeah. So, uh, so we got busy recruiting, and our, our first season, which was two years ago, we we only practiced in scrimmage. We just didn't have enough uh, players. And then um, last year, we this past season, we scheduled thirteen games. Okay. Uh, we started the fall with fifteen players, so you know, starting to bear fruit. And I expect uh, next year we should have. 20 or more on the roster and um you know including four section one players uh that are on the current roster and at least five should be joining us in september possibly more um and we we've also been talking to a handful of guys from section nine okay who i know you guys you're very familiar in fact absolutely in fact several travis several of your previous guests on this podcast uh are guys that i've been recruiting and or are coming as you know uh, uh, to play hockey at Stack, so we're excited about that, and you know that's they're they're good kids. Yeah, you, that, absolutely, and that's another reason why I wanted to have you on. I mean, you're a fixture at the rinks. We talk all the time. You know, you're a coach of a local, you know, college hockey program. So it just made sense to me to have some time um, to have you on um, at some point in the season. Um, describe your team, the team that you have now, in five words or less. Uh, rebuilding. Okay. And uh, can't wait for September. That's exactly five words. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, you know, as much as the season, it's long. And I started my show in January, you know, obviously after the season had gotten underway. Um, I can't wait for it to start all over again, you know. But, I, I you know, I'm a hockey nut. Um, all right. So I'm interested to get your perspective on this, especially given the fact that you played Section 1 and you were an assistant in Section 1. Describe the state of Section 1 hockey, in your opinion, as someone who played, someone who officiated, someone who coached, and now someone who recruits players from Section 1. Yeah, I've been out amongst a lot of the other areas, like Northern Jersey and and Long Island and Connecticut, so I have a much different perspective now uh, than I did when I was an assistant coach. Short answer is it's strong. Uh, Section 1 hockey is really strong right now. I mean, you know, you have... 2012 Suffern wins the state championship, 2016 Mamaroneck, and then, you know, 2017 Pelham in Division Two. So I'd say the arrow is pointing north. I don't think there's any question. Uh, there's two thumbs up. 
there's so many good things going on. Uh, really, over the past ten or fifteen years, I'd say since you know I started uh, as an assistant coach and I saw you know the growth and the change. You had so many other teams that made the Final Four um, out of Section One. The talent pool just keeps getting deeper. Uh, there's more programs that are getting stronger uh, to add to the to the longer standing strong programs like Suffern, Pelham, Emma Marinek, and and Rye. You know, you've got in Rockland, Clarkstown, and North Rockland are continuing to, to grow and, and get better, and, and Pearl River as well. Uh, in, in Westchester, you've got Scarsdale has been really strong recently, White Plains. Even a team like Byram Hills, you know, that they, they, they came on really strong this year. And, and uh, you know, I, I interviewed their coach and a couple of their players, and, and again, they're definitely a team to keep, uh, to keep an eye on. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think the future is bright here. And then I have to throw this in, Travis, not to pat you on the back, but the coverage is outstanding. I mean, if you look at, you know, obviously Loha and the Journal News and the News 12 Varsity, but your podcast, I mean, this is awesome. I mean, to have something like this and, you know, to help – to grow high school hockey and, and to have fun with it. I mean, that's the idea. Yeah, it's all about having fun, and I appreciate that, Matt. I really do. You know, this was something that I just started thinking about in October, November. Spoke to my wife, spoke to a lot of people that I trust out there in my kind of in my circle, and uh, they gave me their blessing, and I, I couldn't have asked for a better reaction, a better response. As you know, because we talk all the time, I got media credentials from, from NISPA to go up and cover the games. I was on the ice when Pelham was getting their medals. I was in the locker room when they're dumping Gatorade on Edwitz. I mean, it was phenomenal. That's great. It was absolutely phenomenal. And again, I can't wait for the season to start back up again. <laughs> um, and I would agree with you 100%. Section 1 hockey is alive and well. Um, so, you know, let's jump to the next question because we can kind of weave in a little bit of Section 1 as well as um, the college piece. Favorite memory or moment from the season? So from Section 1, maybe from North Rockland season, let's yeah, say, and yeah. from St. Thomas Aquinas' season. Yeah, I have to start with my, my, my kids at North Rockland. You know, uh, on Martin Luther King Day, January 16th, uh, uh, beating Suffern. Uh, what a game. I mean, it was a great game. Uh, it was a close game all the way. Anybody, either team could have won. You know, Suffern is, is so strong and so well coached. Uh, but, you know, my, one of my guys, one of the defensemen, Stephen Apicella, scoring mm-hmm. the game-winning goal. Yep. Um, you know, 30-plus years of alumni being frustrated, not being anywhere close at times, or, you know, being able to beat Suffern in, in some close games. You know, that, 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 was, that, was, that was a heck of a day for me. I started off that day, Martin Luther King. I started off at the Homics. I interviewed Chap and, and Tommy Spiro, Mike Carducci, Will Payne. I interviewed those guys. Then I flew up to BIA, and I interviewed um, the coaching staff from um, Somers North Salem, John Viteri and RJ Ahn. Yep. Uh, Corey Benaway interviewed him from uh, Carmel. And then I don't really know Westchester geography that well, of course. Then I shot back down to the Hutch, interviewed Ed Witts, Ben Hurd, Natty Heinz. And then I drove over to Sportorama and watched North Rockland beat Suffering in dramatic fashion. I mean, that was a heck of a heck of a game. That was a fun day for you. I that bet. was a very fun, <laughs> very fun hockey-filled day for me, of yeah. course. Um, so, you know... And, and, you know, in talking to Dylan Cool, um, 
and Luke McMillan earlier in the season when I asked them, you know, who's your biggest rival? They said Suffern. Yeah, so yeah. it's great for local hockey when you've got those long-standing rivalries, you know, that used to be obviously with football and with other sports and now kind of bleeds into hockey. Too. Absolutely. It, it, yeah. So that was incredible. And, you know, the... The high school season itself was great this year. So, so many great memories from everyone who's listening. You know, and for me, you know, personally for the college season, you know, this was our first, my first year of playing games with Stack, uh, you know, and we we were able to pull off a win in our last game of the year. We actually were, it was on February 19th. Um, we got to play a game at the at the Barclays Center uh, versus Hofstra. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a deal with the Islanders where you can sell a bunch of their tickets and they let you play a 90-minute slot, a full game. And uh, we, we won the game 3-2. to two. Hofstra was great. Uh, they sold a bunch of the tickets as well. And um, So for our, for our coaching staff, for our program, to get our first win at the Barclays Center, uh, you know, we had a huge crowd there. A lot of students came out and supported us. And then we got to hang out and watch the Islanders game as I, well. I saw the video. It looked like a tremendous event. I tried to promote it as much as I could on my show. I know. Uh, I think that I, I think it's phenomenal, you know, because I interviewed um, Kieran Varga goaltender for Nyack Tappan Z and one of his favorite memories of the season was playing at the Prudential the and some of the Pearl River yeah. kids that I talked to same thing so yeah. being able to expose at any level yep. you know I did something not a couple of years ago with my buddy who's heavily involved with ice hockey in Harlem and so I got to help the kids get dressed in the underbelly of MSG and I got to stand on the bench while they skated out there wow. and, and it, it's you know that's great. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, so you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. What are you looking forward to next season as far as uh, St. Thomas Aquinas is concerned? The biggest thing for our program is rejoining the conference uh, that Stack used to be a part of. It's called the MCHC, the Metro Conference, okay. and uh, rejoining the ACHA, which is the national governing body of club hockey. Um, you don't have to be in uh, either a conference or uh, the ACHA when you're a college club program. It just it's better to do so. Right. You get your schedule pretty much taken care of for you. Sure. So um, playing our first full season as, you know, what I was joking around calling Stack 2.0, uh, that's definitely huge, number one. And then doing more special events like the game at the Park Barclays Center. There might be some things we could do with the Rangers and or the Devils. Um, you know, we've got a few connections in there. And, uh, you know, perhaps an outdoor game. You know, we, we tried to do one uh, a couple of years ago at the uh, Rockland Boulder Stadium. The weather didn't work out for us, that, that particular event. But, you know, maybe there'll be some other events down the road that we could do. Sounds super exciting. Um, I know this was kind of your first season, but do you have a sense as to who your biggest rival might be or yeah. is at this point? Yeah, you're right. It's hard to say at this point. Uh, we haven't played enough games. But it's clear one or two will emerge very soon. Uh, you know, games that we have played, they get very competitive at the D3 college level. They're very physical. Um, and I'd really like to beat Albany. Uh, we, we actually played them. <laughs> it was our first home game. Um, so it's it's my alma mater. It's it's yours and yep. mine. Uh, you know, and they're a really good program. They, sure. they actually are rebuilding as well. They went through a, a phase where they were shut down for a while. Huh. Um, my assistant coach, Craig, he went to Buffalo. So I, they're a D1 club program. I don't think anytime soon we'll be playing or beating them. Because uh, D1 programs don't like to go down to D3 and play them, even though there's probably many that would beat them. Sure. I think it just looks bad for their rankings. So they don't want to do that necessarily. But, you know, the local teams in our conference, there's Fordham. And I know you're, you're having a, a, you had a player on the program from Fordham, uh, Yale, Columbia, Ramapo. So I'm sure there will be a rivalry that will develop very soon. 
And again, it, it looks like that. I want all my listeners out there that are, you know, graduating or getting close to graduating to seriously look at St. Thomas Aquinas' program. You know, Matt's a fixture at the rinks. I, I always call him the hardest working man in college hockey. Um, so definitely check him out if you need to get in touch with him. Um, I have his information as well. Um, so as a coach, what do you look for in a hockey player? Well, they should be a good student. Uh, they should be a good citizen. Uh, it helps if they're from a good family. Uh, you know, I had a parent once say, once say to me recently, hockey players are not choir boys, uh, which I believe is true. But at the same time, if that's on the ice, they're not choir boys. We got no problem with that. It's just off the ice. You should really, you should be a good person. Um, you know, from a hockey point of view, you should be a team player you sh- uh, that's humble, hungry, uh, mature and has a high hockey high hockey IQ. Uh, you, you should be smart. Um, you know, I know I quoted my cousin Vinny. I'll give you the ancient Greeks. They said character is destiny, and you know, so I'm looking for high character players. And I, I think that if you have a good character, um, you know, you're going to go far in life. Forget hockey. Uh, I agree. You know, definitely as a as a school counselor at the middle school level i mean at any level you know we're always talking about character and your choices count and your choices matter and your reputation so definitely um in addition to the hockey skills being important those character elements are also super important and i would just throw one more thing sure, in there absolutely. Trav. um you know if from the player's point of view if you're thinking about where you want you know it's a big deal where you go to college it's a big decision so i would give you three questions that when i talk to every recruit First question is, is this the right college for me? Do do they have the programs? Is it geographically the right place to go? Uh, The second question is, do the finances make sense? Is is this a financial, uh, you know... uh, (laughs) Right, and I know given your background too in finance, I mean, that's certainly something, you know, you got to pay for it. Absolutely. Uh, And and by the way, private schools versus public, they're not necessarily always more expensive. It really depends on where you're coming from and what your grades are which is why I started with you should be a good student. If, if you have good enough grades, a lot of private schools will throw money at you. Um, people don't realize that. But, so finances is the second. And then the third question is, you know, if you want to get involved in athletics or a hockey program, you want to make sure it's a good fit. Uh, you know, obviously talking to the coach, talking to you know me if it's stacked, but any school, uh, you want to have a chance, if you can, to, to visit and, and go to a practice or a game. So you want to make sure that the program is a mutual fit. But if the first two don't make sense, if, if it's not the right school and you can't afford it, then it doesn't matter. The hockey, right. the hockey just doesn't matter. Right. Now, that, that, that's excellent, excellent advice. Um, what, in your opinion, Matt, because you've, you've coached you know, at several different levels, what makes a successful hockey coach? Well, having great players helps. Uh, <laughs> that's step one. Uh, I'd say at the high school level, it's about developing your local communities, your local hockey programs. Um, which is different at the private and the prep schools and, and certainly the college level. Those, they're more about recruiting, right. um, you know, in terms of how to get good players. Once you have the players, you know, step two, it's critical. You have to surround yourself with good people. You need to build a staff that works, works well together and complements each other. Uh, assistant coaches, other types of people that complement your, your staff, uh, maybe volunteer assistants, you, we're, we're actually – looking to add a goalie coach i wasn't able to get one for our first year but we'll have one it's critical um you know and you got to have good leaders amongst the players you know good captains that actually helps coaches and then from a just a coaching point of view pure and simple i I think good coaches need to be good listeners Uh, you need to be willing to change adapt learn 
you know, hockey's a fast game, and, and when you're behind the bench, you know, things happen quickly, and you need to be able to know when to step in, but also at times stay out of the way and, and, and let the players play the game. You know, so there's a little bit of psychology that comes into coaching. And then the last thing I'd say, but certainly not the least important thing, is prepare and plan, prepare and plan, prepare and plan. You have to uh, spend four – I spent four to five hours planning for this 20-minute interview or 50 or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, when it comes to a practice, you know, or a game, you certainly can't script a game. Uh, but, you know, your experience is your preparation as a coach during games. Um, and coaches need to react, but during, you know, for practices, we plan every single minute that you're on the ice, and you need to have a, a, a purpose to everything that you're doing. And, and players sometimes maybe don't even realize that that coaches are really you right. Know, it's it's not literally just showing up five minutes before the game, playing the game, and then you know kids go home. I mean, there's you were telling me everything that went into the game at the Barclays Center, the yeah. time you had to be there. And all the preparation, all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and then yeah. everything that happened during the game and after the game. So, absolutely. And I appreciate your level of preparation, Matt. It definitely comes through in everything you've been telling us. It's it's such vital information. Um, what's the biggest challenge you face as a coach, whether it was working in the North Rockland program or certainly working now at St. Thomas Aquinas? Yeah, absolutely. It's different as an assistant coach, which is my main experience at the high school level, the challenges that you face there um, versus a head coach. But... Uh, one thing that maybe people don't realize is is the scheduling at the college level during the week for college students. They have a lot on their plate. Um, you know, they they have classes, they have labs, they have homework, papers, studying. Um, you know, a lot of my guys actually have part time jobs as well. Uh, of course, we all have family and friends, so time management for the athletes at the college level is is humongous, and that is the biggest challenge that I face as a coach because I have to work within those constraints sure. of their schedule. Um, you know, and, and even the coaches. Uh, you know, most of us have full time jobs, family responsibilities, so you know, scheduling is probably one of. There's so many challenges, but I would say that's probably the biggest. Okay. Um, Here's, here's a good question. Certainly, you know, I'm a big social media presence. Um, I appreciate all the support um, that you give me, and I try to give it back to you. You know, as a coach, do you look at potential players' social media accounts during the recruitment process? 100%. Absolutely, yes. Uh, fu- future potential employers are looking at it. Absolutely. Uh, I know. tell my students that all the time at the middle school. Yep. You know, it's not... And I don't relish in any of this, in, in all honesty, Matt, but when I when I bring a student in and I produce a copy of what they've said about you know a classmate or about a situation and I ask them to read it to me, you know, the look on their face is priceless. And again, I don't I see kids at their best, I see kids at their worst sometimes, yeah. and I don't think they realize that their quote unquote private thoughts yeah. are out there for everyone to see. You know, and, I, and, and I've gotten it on both ends. I've gotten lots of positive compliments about the stuff that I do, and I've gotten some negative stuff too. And, you know, so again, so yeah, yeah. thanks for reinforcing that as far as, you know, what kids say and do on social media actually could come back to, you know, haunt them. And, and just on a positive note, I mean, for me, most often it confirms what I already know that this is a good, normal kid. And, uh, you know, he's got a good sense of humor, as a lot of the, a lot of the guys you've had on this program sure. do. Uh, and they love hockey. I mean, that, that's something else that I look at. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really most of the time, in my experience, it, it's not so bad. Right. But, of course, they've been warned their whole lives to, sure. be, to be careful. Absolutely. Um, 
All right, so what advice, we talked a little bit about you know players and what you look for as far as hockey players. What advice would you give to someone who's interested in coaching? I would say do it. Uh, that would be my first bit of advice. Get out there and do it. Um, you know, Educate yourself. Uh, USA Hockey has certifications at all levels. I've been through that. Coaching clinics. Some NHL teams and local colleges might have clinics uh, to help you prepare. Uh, you know, another thing I'd say is be yourself. Uh, don't try to be somebody else. If you're if you're coaching, you, you really just want to be yourself. Trust your gut. Right. Um, and you know something I've always done, even when I was a 23 year old kid, is, is respect my players. You know, talk to them like they're a peer. Not you know, try not to talk down to anybody ever, especially the players. But you know, officials and your opponent. You know, you really need to respect respect the, the officials, respect your opponent. You know, you you might want to get in a little bit of gamesmanship and try to you know, uh, get a call here and there. But for the most part, you really want to talk to the officials on a peer-to-peer level and not always be, you know, screaming at them. Um, and then, you know, last thing is you really need to love what you're doing. I mean, given the time commitment, everything we're talking about, if you're not really loving this and, and if you're not having fun, then what's the point? Right, because eventually it's going to show behind the bench, in your demeanor, in your interactions with players officials if you're not into it it's going to come across um all right as we wrap up here again we're, we're hitting like the 25 minute mark i mean this is this is phenomenal <laughs> it's a record uh, favorite professional hockey coach past or present i got two one you're probably not gonna like uh, herb brooks uh phenomenal of course uh, you know you everyone here that's listening knows all of herb's resume but i i'd say al arbor uh, being a <laughs> Rangers fan that you are, yeah. Uh, I mean, you gotta have tremendous respect for the results absolutely, and, and the success. Absolutely, uh, you know, in different ways. At, 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 you know, winning 19 straight playoff series. You know, losing to the great Edmonton team of Gretzky, Messier, Curry, Coffee, Grant Fuhrer. You know, Al Arbor kept that team together for four straight seasons. And a lot of people maybe not realizing their history. 16 or 17 of the players uh, were on all four of those teams. And as a coach. You know, first of all, that could never happen in today's game. But Absolutely not. You know, to keep all those egos in check and to be able to manage that, you know, Al Arbor's uh, resume is, is just phenomenal. So, I, As a Ranger fan, I have to tip my hat to Al Arbor. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Better. Right? And we're recording this, so there's, <laughs> there, is, there is evidence of me. Uh, all right, what about somebody from the oh, – I see you pastor presence you gave me. Anybody now that you – that you you, you well, like I, as far I, I I really love Elaine Vino. I, I think he's a really really good coach. I think he's level headed. I think he does a, just a great job in New York, which is not easy to do. Yeah, yeah. Actually, speaking of coaches, and I don't know if you saw the tweet. I, I didn't see it happen myself, but it's my understanding that John Tortorella uh, was in Buffalo because the Blue Jackets played the Sabers the night before, and that he actually addressed the Mamaroneck players before they got on oh, the wow. ice before the. Um, before the semifinal game on uh, on Saturday, I saw a couple of the Blue Jackets in the hotel. The hotel setup is kind of funky. There's there's six elevators. Four of the elevators go from the seventh floor lobby to the rooms, and two of the elevators go from the seventh floor lobby to the lower levels, to the parking garage, to the restaurants, and whatnot. So if you don't really know the layout, and clearly some of the Blue Jacket players were trying to get out of the building and they were in the wrong elevator. So uh, I'm not a huge Blue Jacket fan, but definitely by looking at them, you could tell that they were professional athletes, more than likely hockey players. Although canisius niagara some of those players were also in the hotel but these were definitely nhl guys usually you could spot a hockey player yeah yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> all right so with that in mind favorite professional hockey team 
Uh, does the Charlestown Chiefs count as a pro team? <laughs> of course. <laughs> no. Of course. Uh, you know, I, I have two answers again for this. I, I think USA Hockey, I haven't heard anyone really mention that on your podcast. You know, the Olympics, the World Cup, the old Canada Cup that we remember, uh, even the World Juniors. You know, I, I love it when we can all root for the Americans. Uh, but, you know, on, on the pro level, you're not going to like this, but I, I'm an Islander fan. Uh, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, they actually were a, a, somewhat of a good team, <laughs> a legit team. Hasn't been good recently. but Listen, you know, I, you know what? You are not the first Islander fan I've had on the show. You're yeah. certainly not the first Islander fan that I've talked to. And again, I always say you, you like who you like. You yeah. root for, you, who, for who you root for. Don't be apologetic about right. it. You know, so good. No, it's when you're in Ranger Country like we are in Rockland and Orange and Westchester County. Sometimes it's it's rough, but uh, I mean, I interviewed I interviewed some of the club kids that play out of Ice Time recently, and I got uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. I got uh, Edmonton Oilers. So you know, I mean, yeah. hockey fans are everywhere. So again, Matt, I can't thank you enough for coming on and giving the listeners. I mean. Uh, so much information and and as i said to you before we started like i want to start this conversation today and certainly evolve it over time as my show evolves because you know i go to these games i watch these kids you know next year is going to be a huge year for me um personally because the seniors on sufferance varsity team and the freshmen on sufferance varsity team all came through my office as students um or most of them will certainly have come through my office as students so from a personal level like i see these kids grow up i watch them win championships lose uh, but then what happens after that what happens after they graduate you know again so i stay in touch with a lot of the kids and i i, I kind of i try to you know, follow their careers. So this is just such crucial information. So I definitely want to continue this conversation, this dialogue with you um, as the show evolves. So again, this is your boy, Trav. This is the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the only independent outlet dedicated to covering high school hockey in our region. Um, And I was pleased today to be joined by uh, Matt Schuster, head coach of the St. Thomas Aquinas hockey team. Uh, Thanks, Matt, again. it It was great. Awesome. Thank you, Trav. All right. Take care. This is Michael Carducci, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. As our 11th episode comes to an end, it's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events and charities. Stick Taps go out to head coach Ed Witz, his staff, and the Pelham Pelicans players on winning the 2017 New York State Division II Hockey Championship. Stick taps go out to Pelham's Ed Witz, who was named New York State's Division II Coach of the Year. Stick taps go out to Pelham's Ben Hurd, Stefan McLachos, Will Case, and Gib Smith for being named to the first team All-State for Division II. Stick taps go out to Pelham's Nat Heinz on being named to the second team All-State for Division II. Stick taps go out to Pelham's Stefan McLachos, who was named this year's state tournament MVP. Stick taps go out to Pelham's Gib Smith, who was named New York State's 2017 Division II Player of the Year. Stick taps go out to Mamaronek's Tommy Spiro, Will Payne, and Michael Carducci, who were all named to the first team All-State for Division I. Stick taps go out to Mamaronek's Tommy Spiro, who was named New York State's 2017 Division I Player of the Year and for earning 
20 shutouts during his varsity career, which is a new state record. Stick taps go out to James Carrier of White Plains and James Torrey of Mamaroneck for being named second team All-State for Division I. Stick taps go out to Robert Lunder of Byram Hills for receiving second team All-State Honorable Mention for Division II. Stick taps go out to all the players who received All-Section and All-League nominations and Honorable Mentions from Section 1. Stick taps go out to the Williamsville North Varsity Hockey Team for winning the 2017 New York State Division I Championship. Stick taps go out to the Williamsville North Head Coach Bob Rosen, who was named New York State's Division I Head Coach of the Year. Stick taps go out to the St. Joseph's Federation Varsity Hockey Team for winning the 2017 New York State Catholic High School Championship. Stick taps go out to the Del Barton, Glenrock, and Ridge Varsity Hockey Teams out of New Jersey for winning their respective state hockey championships this season. Stick taps go out to the Westchester Warriors Youth Hockey Team, which is a local spring youth hockey team in Westchester County. The team raises money for various charities and organizations. They have already raised close to $18,000 for the Maria Ferreri Children's Hospital at Westchester Medical Center. Stick taps go out to the Blackhawks Youth Hockey Program, who is holding a New York Rangers assist benefit game at Rye Playland on Saturday, March 25th, with puck drop set for 5 p.m. The Blackhawks Youth Hockey Program has been around since 1996 and serves players and families from all over the tri-state area. And you can find out more information at www.benefitgames.com. And if you know of a player coach, team, or hockey-related event or charity and would like them to receive stick taps in the future, please tweet me at TravJack71 using the hashtag HVPucks. This is Tommy Spiro, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. That's it for the 11th episode of the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, the premier destination for all things high school hockey related in our region. Before I sign off, I want to thank my beautiful wife, Marisol, and my two daughters, Juliana and Kayla, for their never-ending support, love, patience, and understanding as I look to bring you the best show possible each and every week. And if you like the music you've heard throughout the show, check out the EP, Broken Walls by Fracture, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can also find them on Twitter at Fracture underscore band, on Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.fractureofficial.com on the web. Fracture will be performing at the Nyack Village Theater on Friday, March 17th, along with Nightmare in Wonderland, Human Host, Across the Whitewater Tower, and Sexy Heroes. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. The show starts at 7 p.m. and ends at 11 p.m. While the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast is set to go on hiatus at the beginning of April, I'm still planning on talking about the New York Rangers and the NHL, so keep those comments and tweets coming because I will definitely put them on the air. Lastly, I'm very excited to announce that I've begun working with a sponsor who's going to bring cutting-edge research and technology with respect to athletic safety 
right here to the Hudson Valley. I'm going to have them on the show at the end of March, and I'm also going to add a new segment entitled From the Trainer's Room to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast beginning next season. I really want to start focusing on the disconnect between science and safety in sports while also focusing on athlete health, protection, safety, and nutrition while taking a look at what happens behind the scenes. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink.